We were, last I recall, we was on the subject of being a working process. And I come even more determined in my mind to let God work out what God want to work out in my life because guess what? I am a work in process. And, and, and you have to settle it in your mind that God is not through with you yet. Everything about you and I is not perfect and everything about you and I will not be perfect until he that is perfect comes. Amen. But in the process, we got to work towards perfection. In the process, we still must improve our life here on earth in order to enjoy the life that is in heaven. Amen. Amen. So guess what? We're still working. Whether you're on the job or off the job, you're still working. You got to work on you. And you got to give God the right of way to work on you. Amen. He ain't going to work on you against your will. If you don't want him to pull out his tools and start chiseling on you, he's going to put his tools back in his pouch rack and move to the next person. That makes sense, y'all? I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, and we probably would be in it a minute. I don't know why I keep leaving my touch tone pen. Uh, but that's all right. I'm going to have to tie it around my neck. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 16. Amen. Then we'll go back. And hold a discussion on it. Let's start reading at the fourth verse, please. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure, the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fulfill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting. What did he give them for? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying 
the body of Christ. He don't want you to be dumbest. Come on, somebody. Until what? Until we come into the unity, that's oneness. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him which is the head, even Christ. Every part may increase of the body. I want you to go back and read Verse 16, again, because we need the understanding who is the body. And the verse says, from whom the whole body fitly joined. Oh, so you can't be separate to yourself. If you ain't part of the body, you've been amputated. You are no longer used to the body of Christ. You are a part of the body that has been removed. Read the book. Compact by that which every joint supplied. You know what it's saying? Every part in the body supports another part of the body. Nothing in the body stands alone. That man come. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for the man of God. Amen. And then it said, according to the effectual work in the measure of every part, making increase of the body, unto the edifying are we increasing in the body in love wow I don't think that we really we in Ephesians chapter 4 I don't think that we really look at this in the depths that God that, 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 that Paul was speaking to the church amen If you notice, everything with God is one. Meaning it is one way to God and no other options. There is one body of Christ. There is one Holy Ghost. And you are called by one God. There is only one Lord, Jesus Christ. One true faith. One baptism that counts. And one God to trust. The primary call is to unity. And every saint of God should make every effort 
to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You have that responsibility. It's not just one person's responsibility. It's everybody's responsibility to maintain into unity if you're in the body of Christ. See, we don't understand that we are treading in a, in, in a time and a place that where if we don't get this unity to right, guess what? You can go all the way to the very end, and when it comes to the very end, you'll find yourself still lost. Because <laughs> you took your grace and your mercy period for granted because didn't nothing happen. You felt that you didn't have to do it. You felt that you was all right like you are. You felt that, guess what? I am an island. No man is an island unto himself. Man, the right house. So the primary call is unity. And every saint of God should make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. The church should reflect this unity. However, the author makes clear that the perfection of the church is a process and not a complete event. So guess what? I know we all got growing pains. I know that we all got steps in this world that we have to make strides in Christ. You didn't get there overnight. It ain't going to happen overnight. But you got to show that you are still in the process. You got to show God that I'm still willing, God, for you to work on me. Come on, somebody. We are still in the process. But the world is selling many gods on the shelves for you to choose from. Watch what you purchase. For your life depends on what you believe. You and I are given a grace period to conform to the rules and the laws of God. Conform to the image of Jesus Christ. That's everybody. That's not one person. That's not just the pastor. That's everybody. If you're going to make it to heaven. Amen. When Christ departed and ascended on high, going back to the Father, he left his work in the hands of capable and trained men of God. You can't get to the point that you know more than the one that's called by God. You can't get to that point. Because you know why? You won't, you may get the letter, but you won't get the revelation. God gonna give the revelation to the man of God. To keep you in check and to show you which way you need to go. You may get the letter, but you will not get the revelation. The revelation is just not floating around. It is being given to train and capable of men of God to lead a flock. And that's the part that we got to get a clear understanding on. 
Am I in the right house? Well, when he left those trained men, he gave them assignments and he made apostles. Now, in his leaving apostles, he left them because they were special messengers. They wasn't the ordinary Joe Blow that pick up a Bible and say, I'm an apostle. It's not just an ordinary Joe Blow that decide I'm going into the preaching business. This is a special assignment. Train well in the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Walk with Christ, suffer with Christ, pioneer the world as he instructed. They are equipped, they are to equip the saints of, of, of the ministry until all of us come to the unity, the oneness of the faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God. If you ain't walked with him, you ain't talked with him, you ain't slept with him, how in the world did you become an apostle? Who did you get your assignment from? Mm. Come on now. This thing is not to be taken lightly. We've been taking these titles too lightly. Amen. It is some heavy responsibility that comes behind the callings. Amen. God is not giving holy callings to Joe Blows. Neither is he giving them to wild asses either. He ain't giving them to novices either. Come on now. That tells me, you trying to tell me that God don't know how to choose from a selected number of people to carry something holy? You make me think that God is more flesh than he is spirit. They were sent on missions and commissioned as a representative of to the congregations, a messenger for God, a person who has a special task of, found, of finding and establishing churches. They had the gift that instills missionary zeal to go where the gospel is foreign or firm unheard of, being knowledgeable of the cause so they do not drop the ball of the calling in the kingdom of God. Why is the apostle that's doing this pioneering? Why is the apostle that's going to places where there is no churches? Establishing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Doing the work of the Lord that he left them to do with signs and wonders shown by the Holy Ghost. So you can see this calling just not, is not just simple. This is not just a simple calling. 
Come on, somebody. Oh. What if God send you as an apostle to South Africa? Lord, I ain't going over there. You ain't got no way. Can you send me to New York? God don't want to sleep in no tent. Can you send me somewhere where I can get some air? I ain't eating out of no can, God. Can I get a, 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 a full course meal? At a five-star restaurant? Yes, ma'am. Huh? Yeah, I know them. Twelve of them. They're already left. I'm the only ones I know. Okay, that's, what that's the only one I got a record of. Huh? Thirteen. With, 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 it, it, was, it was twelve. One was gone. One got replaced. The number still stayed at twelve. And he didn't hang around to get his full uh, 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 ministry ship. To the point that he had to go out and hang himself, so he wasn't even fit to be an apostle. Come on now. And God already know his shape. That's why he told him, do what you're going to do and do it quickly. Nobody makes a fool out of God. Amen. Now, he also made some that was prophets. Let me back up where you said, do I know any now? It's not whether I know any now. Do God know any more now? That's where it counts. It's who do God knows. Don't make a hill of beans who I know. You know, somebody might fool me today in the possible. That don't make no difference. But do God know you as an apostle? Hmm. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Healed, 
chains broken, shackles broken, all of those things by the acts and the ministry of the apostles. Whole churches were built, ministries. The, the church at Corinth, they were so jacked up and was in so many different sins. And look at what Paul did just in the ministry at the church of Corinth. Amen. Let me get there. Got a long way to go. Yes, sir. Um, also, if you don't mind, Elder, before you get to the prophecy, uh, when you were talking about uh, the call of the apostle, just looking at um, a scripture here in Galatians 1, Paul said, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So in each letter that he wrote to the church, he established his call was not by man. Right. It was by God by himself. God. Absolutely. And so, you know, this era of church has got things mixed up. They want to be ordained an apostle by an organization. You don't become an apostle because somebody gives you an ordination as an apostle. Absolutely. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. See, this is the will of God involved here. It ain't got nothing to do with nobody's organization and nobody's ordination. And then he said, of Sothenes, our brother. So there were other men that came along as the apostles ministered that were co-laborers in the vineyard with them that did the works of an apostle. But who God called was 12. Amen. Amen. Good information. Amen. Then the pastor scripture said he made some prophets. An individual who is regarded as being in contact with the divine being. And that divine being is God. And it's said to speak on the behalf of the divine being. That means that he spoke mouth to mouth with God. He spoke mouth to mouth with God like Moses spoke mouth to mouth with God. Like Isaiah spoke mouth to mouth with God. Like Jeremiah spoke mouth to mouth with God. This is not just some ordinary title that you just pick up in your grocery store or your convenience store because you read a book on profit. Amen. So, he serves as a intermediary with humanity by delivering messages or teachings from the supernatural to the, to the supernatural God to the people. He tells you what's about to happen because of the disobedience or he tells us what's about to happen in the near future. A prophet speaks for God as if God was speaking himself. You need to go back and check out Elijah. 
when Elijah spoke in the, in, in the stead of God, things happened just like Elijah said it because God endorsed it. It didn't take no year. It didn't take no few months. If God wanted it done right then, if Elijah spoke it, it happened right then. What man did you know that shut up the heaven for three and a half years had the power to close down heaven? Come on, somebody. But he did it at the voice of God. God said, do it, he done it. Come on, somebody. And he knew that if he did it, that his life depended on it. But he wasn't so concerned about his life, he was concerned about what God had said and what God had ordained him to do. Amen. Therefore, don't be a liar on God. God said, if God ain't said nothing to you to tell nobody, no, you better shut your mouth. Come on now. It's costly. It's costly to put God's name at the front of your sentence saying, God told me to tell you. You better make sure it was God told you to tell me. Because if he didn't, you lied on God. And he said, no liar would tarry in his sight. Am I in the right house? Most prophets are sent first to leaders and people of authority. God don't send no prophet to run around the house of God giving you a special message about what he going to do for you. He going to give it to the pastor. The prophet goes to the head in charge. He don't go to pew members. These false prophets been running around telling you with their head tied up, telling you what God's going to do for you in the house of God when he got a leader there. It don't work like that. He don't go over the leader's head that he assigned. Uh-oh. I know y'all remember some of them days. Girl, you're going to be mighty. You're going to be mighty dead if you don't listen to the shepherd. That's what you're going to be mighty about. Amen. He sent them to the leaders he sent them to authorities. He sends them to kings. Now why, look here, why would God be sending a prophet to kings and, 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 and princes and, and, and leaders of, uh, of a congregation? Good God Almighty. Now he got to take out the time to send a prophet to bring you a message when he got those folks in authority to give you what he wants you to have. Why? God got bigger fishes to fry. God got whole nations to think about. Why is he gonna sit and prophesy you finna get you a house? And you're already living in one. You already got a roof over your head. Huh? 
see a Cadillac in your future. I don't know if I got the money to pay for it. Huh? Come on now. God concerned about those things that are written in heaven and passed down to man on earth that he can be saved. That's God's primary reason for the callings is to save some souls. And we too be trying to get God to save our pocket. Man, right house. Then he also sent evangelists who spread the good news of the gospel of salvation. They ain't sitting in their ivory tire towers enjoying the final things in life. Huh? They out there in the thickets. They out there beating the bush. They're finding somebody that needs to hear the word of God. They are evangelizing countries, cities. Come on, somebody. Who is an evangelist and they don't go nowhere? Who you evangelizing? What's your mission? Where have God sent you? God separated them and sent them to other countries. Separate me, Barnabas and Paul, and send them. What mission is God giving you? And far as you're going to go with Little Rock and North Little Rock. They are in the trenches preaching Jesus Christ and God delivers and make their lives where God sends them. God makes preparation for them. They sent them and told them don't take nothing with you. What did he tell them that for? Because I got your back. You do my will. That's all you got to do. Everything other provisions is going to be made. So are you in the trenches? But you know what I found now? We love talking to church folks. We ain't after Folks' souls is already in the balances of being lost. We started trying to save the saved. But what about the lost? He said the harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. Hmm. Food for thought on the cause. Amen. They are getting the truth of God's word out to a dying world. Not a world that's already saved. A dying world. Evangelizing places where the gospel has not been. If you an evangelist, when have you set up a tent ministry in a foreign country? Or in a backwoods city? Amen. They are seeking to convert others to the Christian faith by public preaching. 
huh? Not on your phone. Not in your house. You got to get out to the public. It's a lot of souls that's being lost because we ain't taking the gospel to where God wanted to go. But we said he called us. He sent us out on this mission. But we failed to become missionaries. His mission is to faithfully proclaim the unsearchable riches of Christ to make the sinner aware of his sins. He is he preaches correction with compassion and encourages them with hope. Amen. When have we told the folks that they can make it? We know you got issues, but you still can make it. The end hasn't came yet. Come on, somebody. Put your trust in God. Teach them by putting their trust in God. Teach them the word of God. Amen. He brings revival to uncharted areas. He brings conversion to sinners to become believers. Amen. Me and Lamont, we can get off somewhere and we can talk about God all day and hoop and holler and shout about what we talked about. But who else heard it? Who else got the good news but me and Lamont? So what did me and Lamont do? Nothing. Nothing that benefited the kingdom. If your calling is not benefiting the kingdom, you ain't doing nothing. Amen. Now we get down to the big kahuna. He gave some pastors and teachers. And guess what? Which is the hardest job. Because guess what? He don't drop you a few nuggets or word and run off to another country. He got to stay here and deal with your hard head. He got to stay here and try to bring you up where God wants you to be. Not one day, but every day. Huh? 365 days out of the year to bring improvement in your life during the process. Oh. Evangelists do their thing, they move on to another city. They don't see you no more. This man got to see you day in and day out and be, and guess what? And be responsible for your soul. We don't look at the fact that the hardest job 
is the pastor because he has 365 days out of the year to be concerned about your soul. To shepherd and guide and instruct. And a pastor operates in both office. Pastor and teacher. And in some cases, prophet. Because sometimes he may have to operate in the whole five-fold ministry. His job is hard. He watches over the flock of God leading you to the king for salvation. Amen. Even when you as a sheep decide to get into your goat mentality and then bucking on, on good on the other side of the fence, God has given him instruction. You can't leave them because I sent them so you get that word and you beat them back into the pastures. The word of God do come to whoop your behind back into salvation. Because God have a genuine and compassion concern about you because guess what? He spent his life on the cross for it. Hmm. His job can be rated as one of the stressful calls because he has to labor with you to present you to the living God in peace. And his laboring don't stop here. He has to labor in his sleep for praying. Come on, somebody. Every time God wake him up with you on his mind. You think it just stops here at the church. His job is 24-7. Think about it when you get into your attitude again. Think about it when you get rocks in your jaws again. Therefore, he has to live among you daily. Keeping you as a shepherd keeps the sheep. Evangelist ain't got to keep you. Prophet ain't got to keep you. Huh? Once the, once the apostles build the church, he moving on to different grounds. He ain't got to hang with you to see if you're going to continue to do that which is right before God. The pastor do. Mm. He has the job to fully equip and perfecting you for the work of God. He has the responsibility of the upkeep of the house of God. He has a full-time job with God, and he has a full-time job taking care of his own house. So now it looks like the pastor got two jobs. And you crying and don't want to come to the house of God because you work today. 
I ain't going because I'm tired today. And then you come up uh, 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 skinny, unfed, looking puny before God under his watch. He didn't feed me, Lord, because he said he was tired. Come on now. And you know what? Think about that. And all you have to do, the labor is on him, the labor is on the teacher, and all you have to do is sit there and listen. You too tired to get here to sit here and listen. All you got to do is make it here. smell some meat. You just like Ren 1010. You off and running. I'm going to get that special. Come on somebody. I can be, hey, I can be tired later. Why can't you be tired later getting to the house of God? talk about the few hours you work trying the two full-time jobs that he's committed to. His job is to build you up in the body of Christ. And don't you know that's a hard job? That is one of the stressful jobs is trying to build a people of different attitudes. Huh? To be oneness in the body of Christ, it's a hard job to get them all on the same page. Some of you on page two and the others on page three, and some of you ain't even opened the book. And you talk about your job is hard. A stressful job is harder than anything you can do. Because not only do it affect the body, it also affects the mind, and it also affects the spirit. Hmm. So his job is to build you up in the body of Christ. His job is to bring the church into oneness. It's a tough job to bring so many different attitudes of people to reach the oneness in the faith and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is a working process to get you to grow into spiritual maturity. And the total job is to get you spiritually mature. Amen. Not to fight with you because you've grown. News break. Ain't nobody grown to God. You get a hundred years old, you still a child of God. And if you decide to kill you, you just a carcass. So you still have no room to put yourself up 
when God is trying to build you up. Come on. You better let God work on you. You can't grow without the shepherd of God because it's the shepherd that God will speak with to bring you into the fullness of Christ so you are no longer children, sheep moved by every sound that you hear. Amen. I know that everybody here should be able to know enough truth that when deception come their way, they draw back and say, oh, that don't sound right there. Huh? And if it gets you to the point that it's got you on the edge of making a decision, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, how many of you got sense enough to call the pastor and say, pastor this and pastor that would say it to me, what should I do? That's what a shepherd is for. So-and-so, so-and-so said, I didn't have to do that. So I ain't going to do it. Go on back with your bad self. There is a day of reckoning. <laughs> and God going to have the last say-so. Do you hear me? It's his job. Don't make his job hard. It is not profitable for you to make the leader's job hard. It's not profitable. Let me say that again. It's not profitable for you to make the leader's job hard. There are so many sick today for making the man of God job hard. There are so many absent in this world for making the leader job hard to the point that God says, I'm through fooling with you. You think it's the man of God, but it's God that gets tired of fooling with you, wasting a whole lot of time on you, trying to save you. To the point that he gets to the point that you are a bad investment. Amen. And then he speaks and said, Samuel, leave him alone. Don't bother with them. I got this. When God have to take care of it himself, it's a bad indictment. Because that tells God, you refuse to have spiritual maturity in your life. Mm. Amen. So you better stay a work in process. Amen. The shepherd. I didn't notice that it's so many. The devil has sent out so much deception. 
that are folks that think that they know the word of God and they'll think that they know so much about the word of God and they'll sit home on it and say, I don't need no pastoring. The devil will fool you. He done gave you enough words to make a fool out of you. Because guess what? Ain't nothing gonna is going to oversee or uh, is going to go over what God has set up for you to be saved. You're not going to override God's plan. My question is, who are you that you can override God's plan? Mm-mm. My God. When you almost getting too old to even take care of your personal needs. Huh? Come on now. Watch it. Amen. He said he wanted you to be no more like sheeps. Moved by every sound. The pastor is the watchman on the wall to guard you from every cunning, trickery, and deceitful scheme of men of the devil. It, I, I want you to notice that God has more to say about the responsibility of the pastor than he do any of the other callings. We look at the pastor as not being on the top shelf of God's calling, but baby, look at here. He didn't put him in pickering order. He put him in divine order. And the pastor has the last call of all the other evangelists and the apostles and the prophets. The pastor has the last call to keep it all together. And the church showed all no cell, amen. He is strapped with the job of bringing you to the oneness of God. Don't you get it twisted in your mind. Don't you be given a gift from God and don't use it to his glory. Or sit on it and don't use it at all. Out of darkness is waiting on you with a reserved space. You better go back to the man of the house that left, went to a far country and left men with gifts, some 10, some five. Come on, somebody. Well, they left you with two or one. You better do something with it. The one that sit on hills and hid it, 
He wound up being thrown out in the outer darkness and God took the gift that he gave him and gave it to the one that he gave to him. Guess what? Why? Because that man showed God that he was faithful. And no matter how much God gave him to do, he did it. Hmm. And brought God a prophet. Man in the right house. Don't let your goat mentality make his job hard. Because you don't want to see God if you do. All these gifts and callings is for the edification of the body of Christ. And for the perfecting of all saints in the knowledge of Christ. Until we all come together in one in the faith of Jesus Christ. Not to make you look good or deep. But for God to get the glory in the earth. Amen. And the people of God ought to be the most wise people that's on the face of the earth. Because they should be obtaining wisdom that comes from above. Amen. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. So every time you pass the pastor and look at yourself, you tell yourself, that man got a hard job because he got to deal with me. Because we're a long way from perfection. We are a long way from being what God wants us to be. And if we don't be subject to training and instructions, we'll never make it there. But the outcome for you won't be pretty. Might not happen now. Might not happen 10 years from here. But baby, when it comes down to the judgment time, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you ain't got to worry about who said, she said. God going to say, you don't need to say nothing. I got it all written down. I got your life story written down. What you did, what you didn't do, what you wouldn't come unto obedience to, I got it all. You don't need to say a word. But God, God give me a chance to say, no, uh-uh. I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance to be saved. That's the only chance you got. You got a chance to be saved or be damned. Your choice. Let's read Philippians 3rd chapter, verses 1 through 14. Then we'll bag up with scattering remarks. Amen? And the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, 
rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous. What? It's not grievous, but for you it's safe. Read the book. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of... For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he had, wherein he might trust in the, I hope you do not, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Touching the righteousness which is the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus my Lord, of whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death as by any means I may obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I have already attained, neither were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may be apprehended, that of which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ. Amen. Wow. Paul had a mouthful. Huh? Come on, somebody. Uh, he talked about us. Uh, do we think we got a zeal of God but not of knowledge? Paul started out by warning you not to put any confidence in your flesh. That is, I am, I can, I will. Better get the eye out your eye. And put your eyes back on God. Amen. Paul is saying to us, he has been there and done it. How many times we done told folk that? Man, I've been there and done that. You ain't talking about nothing. I've already experienced that. You know, like it put us on the higher shelf. You know what I'm saying? But guess what? Paul was trying to tell them, man, what you've been to go through, I done been through it and I'm trying to keep you from going through it. Because you don't want to go through it. Huh? You don't want God to knock you off your beast. 
Amen. I'm trying to keep us from making the same mistakes again. He sent out the message of beware of barking dogs. 